Welcome to episode 35 of Inbound Agency Journey. This episode kicks off season four here on the podcast. Three seasons down and we are really fired up for this one that is to come. Today we've got Trish. She's the CEO of Media Junction. They're an inbound agency specializing in COS design. They're HubSpot Diamond Partners. And Trish shares her entrepreneurial story on this podcast. Guys, it is awesome. Check it out. Listen to it. She spent some time getting the agency up and going, stepped away, pursued another career, walked through a battle with cancer, and then came back to the agency and really had to start all over again. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Thank you again, Trish, for coming on and sharing this story with us. You guys are going to love it. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie, and today I'm very excited to have Trish from Media Junction on. Trish is the CEO of Media Junction, and she is willing to come on today and share her story about where the agency has come from, uh, her personal story of bringing bringing Media Junction to where they are today as one of the most well-respected agencies in the HubSpot community and also one of the leaders in uh, COS development and growth-driven design. Trish, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Gray. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you, excited to dig in. Trish, we were just chatting before we hit record um, about some of the parts of the story that that uh, that really you have not told that much in the agency community other than maybe a one-to-one basis or in small groups. So I'm wondering if you could just kind of kick us off and give us the backstory before. I also want to dive in as we as we go farther in the podcast into where Media Junction is today and how you've built the the team that you've built that's allowed you to scale the way that you have. But I'd love to hear kind of your personal backstory and the company backstory because I know they're closely related um, on the on what's taken Media Junction from from the very beginning days uh, to to where you are today. Sure. So um, I got the idea to start a web design company in 1996, and um, I really saw the future of the internet being what it is today. Um, back then and thinking about how, you know, I could help small businesses kind of level the playing field between the large corporations that were online. So I found myself online all the time. So I'm like, I really should start a business around this because this is just a really, really cool thing. And I wanted to learn about it. But there wasn't really schools out there that that really taught us um, about websites and web design. So you know, we were pre-Google, so you couldn't even Google things back then. You, you, you know, had to rely on Yahoo and Webcrawler and some of, some of those old vintage uh, search engines that are out there. But uh, so anyway, in 1997, I incorporated uh, the company and started out with, with uh, three print designers that uh, were teaching themselves website design. And um, everything was great. We were growing like crazy, and and um, we grew the team up to about twelve people. And then, right around two thousand, um, you know, the dot com bust was happening. You know, Y two K things just kind of took a shift in um, in the business, and and things just got a little bit more stressful, and and so on and so forth. So. 
kind of hung in there and but uh you know I, I I really felt like there was something else out there I, I really lost interest in the business and um kind of kind of just decided one day I told my team I'm like you know what you guys you guys can just run this thing we're cash flowing it's you know you don't really need me I'm gonna go off and do something else um and so in 2005 I left went to real estate school got my real estate license did a completely different uh different different lifestyle and and um you know was was out there you know selling real estate and during that time um you know we built we built our team up to you know the three you know three of us it was a family team and and you know one of the you know top agencies here in the twin cities and you know life was really really good and and it was a it was a great change um I started to get really, really exhausted, and um, you know, I, 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 um, you know, started to have some symptoms, and I went to the doctor and found out um, in 2007 that I had stage three cancer, and um, that really changed me. Um, you know, I for two years I, I battled cancer, and you know, the the business was still running, and and um, you know, and I tried to go back to real estate, but my perspective in life just completely changed. I no longer had patience for, you know, just, you know, B2C and, and you know, um, you know, it was just a really, really difficult time. And I, I, I came back to Media Junction and when I came back, I was absolutely devastated with the condition that the business was in. Um, so we were $60,000 in debt and credit cards. I had my main person who was running the business, uh, Kim, who was holding paychecks. We had very little money in the bank and it was a disaster. And, um, a few, a month after I came back, uh, my lead designer came to me and she said, you know what? I'm burnt out. I need to leave. And I just sat there and bawled and cried and it's like, what am I going to do? I'm down to just me and Kim. I'm in debt. I should just completely shut the doors. And um, Kim leaned to me and she said, you know what, Trish? She said, the one thing that you and I do is we work hard and, and we can get out of this. And, and so, um, you know, she said, let's let's put an ad on Craigslist and let's see if we can find a a web designer to replace our, our previous designer and, and let's see if we can resurrect this, um, this agency. So, um, I had two applicants <laughs> and, uh, which was, you know, um, you know, 2009, a lot of people were working, you know, inside companies. So it was, you know, difficult and, um, you know, to find, to find quality workers. And so, um, Ryan Von Bergen, who is my creative director today, um, you know, applied and he came in and interviewed and the other guy didn't show up. So, um, you know, we, uh, we, we kind of laugh about it today, but I think that that was, you know, the best thing, you know, that could have ever happened to our agency because that's really when I started to realize that I needed to build a company that I loved and my employees loved. So, you know, Ryan and I and Kim, you know, we sat down and we were, you know, just kind of talking about the different things that, 
you know, we wanted, you know, one of the things that, you know, Ryan, Ryan really wanted was a new office. So, um, you know, we put that on the list and, and moved closer to the cities, um, about a year after Ryan started. Um, so, you know, now we're into 2010 and, um, moving into a, into, um, a new office. And at the beginning of 2011, we started to, to, see that there were different things out there, you know, um, and marketing automation was, was really starting to kind of, um, you know, be out there in content marketing. And, and, um, and so we stumbled across HubSpot and I started to see, you know, a lot of HubSpot stuff. So I, you know, I reached out to HubSpot and, you know, what, you know, what's the deal with you guys and just learning about, you know, HubSpot and, um, you know, I, I ended up having a, a great conversation with them, um, and they introduced me to their partner program. But as skeptical as I was, I said, you know, I really need to try your product out before I can um, become a partner. So, um, you know, we bit the bullet, which, you know, as I said, money was super tight. I mean, at this time, I was still not even paying myself. And, um, you know, became a HubSpot partner um, shortly after uh, we became a HubSpot customer. Um, and so through the years, we have worked with HubSpot directly, you know, just beta testing and, and communicating with them back and forth. Um, and I really started to take note of their culture and their people. And um, I was like, you know, HubSpot is really the kind of company that, you know, we are, you know, in a way, I mean, on such, we were on a such a smaller scale and obviously they sold software, so it was different, but, you know, they were just real and, and that's, you know, really the, the, the defining kind of, you know, thing for us is that, you know, we're humans, we make mistakes, we, um, you know, we're not perfect, um, you know, but we like to do good work and work hard for our clients and, you know, what can we do? So as we became the HubSpot partner, you know, we started to grow and started to add some people to our team. And um, we started to realize that, you know, there were people that we hired that didn't necessarily fit kind of, you know, our vision um, of, you know, working hard for the client or, you know, or, or, you know, in this as a, you know, a team. And, you know, throughout the years, we've we've had people that you know um, have joined us, and and you know, within a couple of weeks, they're gone. You know, it's just not for them. And so um, we realized that you know, when we all bring each other together, you know, we're spending almost as much time, or if not more time, with each other than we are with our families. And so we really started to to shift, you know, our, our focus to, you know, building, building that company that, that we really, um, enjoyed coming to. And, um, you know, with, especially with me having cancer and and putting that in perspective, I really had to have something that, you know, I felt like I had a purpose and coming from a long line of entrepreneurs myself, I really went back to the roots of why I started this company and I, you know, started to, to realize that 
for me, it's, it's really helping other companies grow. And so, um, you know, we found people um, that kind of share that same vision there, you know, have, have a little bit of a, a visionary mind. Um, I hate that word, but it's, you know, something, you know, just being able to see beyond what's in front of you. And, um, and so we met with, um, Brian Halligan in 2014 at, um, inbound and, you know, he, he told me that I was one of the reasons I was holding my agency back, um, you know, and that I needed to get over myself, which was really hard to hear from Brian Halligan, but um, that I was holding my own agency back. But, you know, I really needed to hear that. And he also told us, he says, you know, you really need to go through the exercise and define your culture. And so we did. That's, um, that's exactly what we did. We set some goals after inbound and we sat down and we said, you know, let's, let's really look at us now that we have 14, you know, employees. Um, what, what does our culture look like? And so we, you know, we sat down and we said, you know, let's, let's not just go with Trisha's you know, vision. Let's, let's bring Ryan into it. And at that time we had a, a, a UX designer, Alex um, Oski, who um, really spearheaded, you know, getting our um, culture together and, and Jeffrey Smith. And so we all sat together and, and um, spent a lot of time, <laughs> you know, talking about different words and brainstorming the, you know, just different ideas um, towards, you know, building a culture. And um, that was probably one of the hardest exercises that I had ever gone through because me as an agency owner, you know, I thought I knew what our culture really was, but I found that my employees were building the culture as well, you know, and, and it was just kind of evolving. And, you know, things that were important to me weren't necessarily as important to, um, you know, a designer or a strategist. And so really that is, is the exercise that we went through and it took us probably about nine months, um, to, to finish, um, our culture code. And, and we just recently launched it, um, in June of this year. And so it's, it's, it's out there on our website and it's not behind a form and anybody can download it. Great. And Trish, do you, so do you mind if I throw the link to that in the, uh, in the show notes for this podcast? Oh, absolutely. That's great. Awesome. Wow. Trish, what a story to go from starting this. First of all, 96 to realize where the internet was headed and that that was a good place to be. Obviously the entrepreneurial lineage, your family's history, um, I'm sure just kind of trained you to see the opportunities, but I've got a whole bunch of follow-up questions kind of on that. But before we get off of the culture code topic, um, because this is something that's come up quite a bit in past episodes. And I talked with uh, Patrick Bittescombe from New Breed Marketing on the podcast about the culture code that they put together. But uh, so just to kind of recap, you had yourself, uh, Kim, Ryan, Jeffrey, and then Alex, who was a UX designer on the team at that point. Uh, was it the five of you who were primarily involved in building the culture code? Yeah, yeah. So what we did was we came up with a, a 
like a four question questionnaire and we sent it out to every one of the employees. That's how we started. You just had, you know, some simple questions like, you know, define, you know, um, define media junction in one word. You know, what do you love about media junction? What do you, you know, what excites you about what you do every day? You know, there was, I can't think exactly what the questions were, but you know, there were really good questions. And so then, you know, we took the answers to all of the questions and we started to whiteboard it all out in, you know, writing the words that people were using and, you know, really trying to incorporate everybody's feedback in. Um, but we did keep it a pretty small group because obviously if you, if you don't, um, it's going to take a lot longer than nine months. (laughs) So, so did that uh, was, so it took nine months to go kind of start to finish. Was this something that just kind of fit in around the client work and everything that goes into running the agency? Or was this, uh, I guess more scheduled or more formal, like, Hey, once a month or every two weeks we're meeting to discuss this kind of, what was the process to go start to finish? So that's exactly, that's exactly right. I mean, obviously client work comes first, um, you know, here always. Um, but it, it was scheduled. And so what we did, um, really was we had a brainstorming session and then, um, we gave ourselves, you know, three weeks to a month, I think was, was about the, the, the time frame where we were, you know, let's, let's come back together and have another brainstorming session. Um, after we've thought about these words and, um, and, and thought about the statement. So ours is really statement based, um, you know, and, and, um, and so we tried to keep it to, I think, 10 points, um, and, and really to try to define our culture, um, that way, you know, a lot of different culture codes, you know, Netflix and, you know, Amazon, and we looked at HubSpots and quite a few other um, companies that, you know, we drew inspiration from. Um, and we, you know, that would be a takeaway from one of our meetings, like, okay, everybody go out and read Netflix and, you know, HubSpots, Culture Code, and let's come back. And what did they do good? What did, you know, how is it different from us? How can we really make this a you know, a document that we're going to use. So I noticed that you guys did have 10 and I'm glad that you brought that up. So there's 10 points in the culture code. And then, um, for those of you who are listening right now and you're, uh, you haven't seen this yet, it's a really nicely designed, uh, all 12 points are laid out. Um, I've got a link to the PDF open right now and there's kind of explanation in addition to, to just the points. But I was, and I was going to ask the question is 10, like, how did you come up with the number 10? Uh, obviously you want to keep it simple, but is there a reason that it's 10 points instead of five or is that just, well, there are 10 unique things that, that we're tied to as a culture. You know, it, 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 you know, it could have been 20, it could have been 30, you know, and, and I think what we ended up doing is, um, you know, we were combining points because I think when you get it where it's, you know, it's, it almost feels too diluted, you know, and, and we wanted to, to make sure that each of the points made, um, you know, resonated some way and somehow throughout our day or, you know, our, you know, for the company. And so, um, you know, 
I'm such a, you know, an odd number person, you know, and so I wanted to, to kind of keep it like 11 or 9 or, you know, something <laughs> like that. But <laughs> it ended up just being 10 because that's what it needed to be, you know, for us, I think, um, you know, and, and, you know, with any anything that you create or with content, you know, it's always about kind of going in and, and getting all of your thoughts and ideas out there and then, you know, well, what can you combine and when, you, you know, how can you, you know, pare it down and so you know it just ended up being 10 you know and I, I don't know I don't I don't I honestly do not know how it ended up being 10 but <laughs> right did so that makes sense yeah I guess whatever it whatever that number needs to be I'm sure you come to that um so Trish we have not at Guava Box our agency and also at Do Inbound we don't have a formal culture code but this is something that uh, especially after talking to more and more agency owners and seeing what HubSpot has done um the need for it is really apparent to have some way of kind of formalizing or just being intentional about the culture that you're building. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, so I've been taking notes probably for the last year and a half on uh, core values, whether I hear them on podcast interviews or read them in someone else's uh, blog post or culture code decks or whatever it is, kind of taking points that have resonated with me. And I've just got an Evernote file where, where I write these down. And I'm curious to know whether one of the things that I've thought is, uh, so I write down a point from somebody and so one of the things that that you have point number 10 in your culture code is resourcefulness is an expectation. And to me, that says it really well. I don't know how I would reword that. So one (laughs) of the things that I've thought to myself is when we do go to do this, am I just going to basically pick and choose and take other people's exact words and put this into it? And I'm wondering whether... Uh, the experience of going through it, whether that was something that you ever thought about at the beginning and whether you think that, A, it's it's totally fine to copy if that fits your culture because there are going to be elements that, that do fit your culture, but B, whether going through that process was enough soul searching to where you kind of had to personalize it to fit what you had there. I don't even know if that question makes sense, but those are just kind of stream of consciousness, uh, some of my thoughts about that. You know, I, I definitely think that that, you know, creatives borrow inspiration everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere around us. And so I think, you know, the important part for us was just to make sure that it was us at the end, you know, at the end of this, these are the things that, that define us. That These are the things that unify us um, as, as a company and for, you know, prospective employees to come in um, and read that and say, you know what, this really makes sense to me. This resonates. I would feel like a fit here within this company. Um, you know, and that that was really the point of it. You know, we were thinking of, you know, the persona of who's going to, who's going to be looking at this. Um, you know, is it is it for us? Obviously, yes. <laughs> but, you know, prospective employees and drawing that, that, qualified or you know self-qualified person to say yeah i i i would really like to work at a company like media junction you know these are these are the same similar values that i have and and ethics that i you know that they hold dear to themselves um as a person and so that was really i guess um you know at the end of the exercise of doing all of this that's really what we were trying to get to um, is, is just to have something, you know, that, um, 
you know, we can kind of live off, you know, live by. And, and every once in a while you'll hear, um, you know, people here and, you know, they'll, they'll say, I'm calling culture code on that one. You know what I mean? Like, like that's completely not acceptable. Like, you know, um, and, and it just kind of redirects you back to, yeah, you know, that was a pretty, you know, crappy thing that that person did or, you know, um, and not to, not to really point fingers at each other. And it's, it's, um, you know, we're all in this together and, and that, that was really our purpose for doing it. Right. Well, you're kind of starting to answer the next question I was going to have, which is (laughs) to hear as an agency owner to hear, it took me nine months to put this together. And obviously that's, it's not nine months, you know, you're doing all this client work and everything else that you've got going on. But for the agency owners who are out there, especially if you're running with a small team right now and everybody is, and I don't think that team size matters, but maybe the perception is with a small team, I'm still involved in the day-to-day client work. I don't have time to do this. Uh, what's going to be the payoff for putting in the time to do this? And so that's that was kind of the next question I was going to have is, how do you anticipate this? And I, was, I know that you've only had it completed since June, so it's not like you've had this long t- time period to see the payback on putting together the culture code. But maybe if you could just uh, kind of list out what are the anticipated benefits and any ways that you've seen those benefits so far, in addition to what you just mentioned, where internally you're kind of holding each other accountable to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, definitely prospective employees, you know, we're, we're all looking to build a team and, and you know, um, I've had a few people, you know, not even when we're even hiring, come across it and say, you know, do you, if you guys have an opening, call me because your company seems like a company that I really like to work, you know, at and with your group. And so I think you know, for, for us, it's just, you know, for me, the payback has been, uh, definitely a way to, you know, kind of weed through, um, people who are, are, you know, prospective employees here. Um, you know, I think it, it has been, um, like you said, beneficial to, to kind of keep people on, you know, on track and accountable for, for, you know, to, to this. But, um, you know, I, I think it's also kind of a, a, a cl- almost like a cleansing thing to go through because you really start to realize this agency isn't so much about you as it is the entire team, you know, and what's important to you is, 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 may not be as important to somebody else. And it's just, it's, it's really helped me, um, see my team members just, uh, just be a little bit more vulnerable and, and human to, um, you know, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't even know how to even explain like in words, like it just, it has changed me, just my vision. And, when I'm making decisions, I'm thinking about the words that, you know, people used in the, you know, it's, it, it, it has just really helped me, yeah. I guess, as, a, makes, as a leader. That makes sense. And especially what you said about the cleansing. Like, I, I could see this as a very unifying uh, experience to go through and take all this stuff that's been informal 
and, and formalize it and have to condense it kind of like writing something down. Uh, well, I mean, it's exactly what it is, but, but as a group where personally I have all these scattered thoughts and a lot of times I don't really know completely what I believe or what I think until I've gone through the process of writing it down and documenting it and refining it. Um, exactly. so I see this kind of happening on a, like a larger scale with a group of people through the process of documenting this. And even just, I hadn't thought of it in those terms before. So I think that was really helpful for me and makes just kind of makes one more uh, click in my mind of we need to get on this sooner rather than later. Um, mm -hmm. It is. It's super important. It yeah. really is. I wish we would have done it a, a lot sooner, um, but I think it was the right time for us. And, um, you know, when Brian Halligan tells you to do something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's your sign. There's your sign. Yep. That's awesome. Well, uh, Trish, I want to respect your time and I appreciate you coming on. I just kind of have, um, one more thing that I'd love to, and this is kind of completely switching the topics up, but you guys, um, are doing a lot with growth driven design right now. And that's the sweet spot for the agency and has been kind of from the beginning. It sounds like yeah. is the website side of things. So I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about growth driven design and then also where I'm kind of leading with this question is there are a lot of agencies who, and, and we've worked with a number at Guava Box uh, who don't have somebody in-house to do their COS development or don't have the time to take on a full website project and they're looking for a partner to outsource to. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of after maybe you, you share some about what, what that process looks like right now um, and the success that you guys are having. If you could also just let us know if you're open to working with other partners and what kind of that process would look like for folks who might be interested in that. Sure, sure. So um, growth-driven design, uh, Luke Summerfield uh, developed a program um, internally with HubSpot and, um, you know, is, is kind of coining the phrase growth-driven design. And I, I think to myself that Media Junction has been doing um, kind of a blend of growth-driven design since almost the beginning. Um, you know, the process of building a website is is absolutely 100% flawed. It takes a long time. It's frustrating. Teams end up generally hating their clients by the time they're done. And um, there's a lot of finger pointing back and forth. Um, and so what I feel like growth-driven design does is that it, it really allows you to get a website up quickly um, define what's important within, um, you know, within a website and um, iterate on, um, you know, your findings and using um, real user data. And um, I've always kind of gone back and forth in the UX community, like, you know, hiring somebody from usertesting.com to come on your website and then listening to them critique, you know, a website and feeling like it's like, well, you know, this is just flawed because this person is just, I mean, you know, in their basement and they're not really coming to this website to really do anything. They're just being told what to do. And so what I love about growth driven design is, um, you know, you're, you're building the website on assumptions and you're allowing the data to prove, um, if your assumptions were, were right or wrong and you're, you're leaning to the users and, Building user-centric websites has been, a, you know, a passion of, of mine and my team's um, because that's really, you know, 
what websites are for, you know, they're, they're for the user and, um, you know, building that connection and, and understanding, you know, what people want to do, um, on a website, uh, is, is really, um, an interesting process, um, to kind of go through. And I think a lot of companies are, um, are just kind of realizing that these aren't hits, these aren't visitors, these, these are actually human beings and, you know, they're there to, to accomplish tasks and it isn't about, you know, parallax scrolling and it isn't about, you know, big background videos and, and all of these other things that clients, you know, really want. It's, it's really about the content and it's about the buyer's journey. And so, um, you know, naturally when Luke introduced the program, it was like, finally, finally there's a term for what, you know, agile or lean UX um, agencies have been doing um, and have been trying to do. And, and so um, I have a lot of respect for, for the program that he, that Luke has created because um, Luke coming from the agency side of things really saw the same things that, that we have seen for years um, with the, with traditional website design process. And so Really, what we um, what we aim to do is is build a website in um, you know thirty days, um, get the website up and going, look at um, the data, add in um, additional pages, um, refine different areas of the site, and continually work on the website for um, well, hopefully eternity. <laughs> you know, so the the thought is is that you know you're you're never really kind of leaving your website. Um, out there to to get stale, um, and so um, our team has has pitched it a little bit differently, um, you know. And I, I think that um, our clients are are seeing better results, and that is what is so exciting about it for us um, is that the clients are in it, and so um, a lot of people have asked me you know, is growth driven design, um, the future of web design. And, and I would say, yes, it is. As long as the, the client is as committed to the process as you are. And so I caution people to pitch growth driven design to the wrong types of companies. Um, and because it is a time commitment, we are meeting with the clients more often. We're making changes the CEOs are wrong in some of their assumptions. There's a lot of emotion and, you know, um, you know, things like that. And so you kind of need to have a client that understands that the end user is the most important, um, piece of, of this. And, and sometimes, um, companies aren't necessarily a good fit for growth driven design. And so, um, I would definitely, I, you know, I, I just want to get that out there because I, I really feel strongly about that. Um, you, you, you want a, cl- a client who is a partner in this with you or it's just, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Uh, the way that I've kind of learned to start phrasing it is you need a client who at least has the capability for maturity Yeah. because if they're not, if they don't come into it, uh, I, I guess that 
what you don't want to have happen and kind of the beauty of growth driven design is you can finally if you have somebody who has the capability to focus on the results and not just on what they are so tied to mm-hmm. um, by their own intuition then you can eliminate a lot of those conversations about there's too much white space i want everything jammed together and you can just focus on well does this work here's the hypothesis we're going to test this out here are the test results did it work did it not work how can we continue to improve and optimize so i think it's definitely the future but there are a lot of companies right now who just have not done it that way. A lot of individuals at companies who haven't done it that way. And they just don't, there's just not enough caring about, uh, I guess about the results or, or doing things differently. So if you don't have somebody who's able to kind of step back and let go of what they've been tied to and what they've known, um, I think it can work really well, but I love that you just cautioned people in that way. Um, that this really isn't, I'd be, pretty careful about saying this is right for everybody or else you just need to be really clear and eliminate prospects who aren't willing to work in this way. If you want to go hundred percent growth driven design, Trish, you mentioned uh, that your team pitches it a little differently. I'm curious to know what you meant by that. Can you explain that? You know, once we, once we kind of um, define um, that a company could be a good fit, we're, we're really, you know, talking about the website design process differently. Um, and, and, you know, um, clients are really, they're almost looking for something that's, that's perfect. And so as we're, as we're pitching it, we're, we're telling them, we're like, you know, it's, this is a work in progress. It's, it's not going to be perfect when it launches, you know, it, um, you know, we're really putting the user, you know, at the center and the focus, and so, you know, I, I would say that really how we're pitching it is is identifying up front to people that it is going to be a commitment on their part, and um, and that you know it's it's it, it is work, and if you're you know committed to the process, it's it 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 can completely transform. A business because you're you're looking at things from a completely different perspective and you know some of the clients are are um nope 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 we we're, our website has to be perfect <laughs> you know it can't launch with you know um with 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 anything not feeling complete um and and so um you know we're we're we're, it, it's a lot easier for us to identify, um, you know, when we're having those conversations with people, you know, or they're stumbling and, um, you know, and it's, it's taking us a few more conversations, bringing in more people within the company and explaining growth driven design and showing them examples and, um, the results. And so, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a shift in our sales, um, process, as well. Yeah, it is. It is a longer sales process and kind of there's that education point. You have people who are used to building houses and with your background in real estate, I used to work in the construction industry. So in sales conversations, a lot of time I kind of go back to uh, those types of metaphors or analogies and just what we're used to doing is treating a website like it's a house and you build start to finish and nobody moves in and starts using it. You don't launch that thing until it's ready to go. But mm-hmm. the difference is that we don't need to do that because it's online. Um, there's not the added costs. There's not the significant added costs of ripping stuff out. So if you could build a kitchen 
and try it out and figure out whether you like the way it flows and then build the next room and, and just kind of figure out how do we actually utilize this space? How do people like to use this space? I think that our houses would, would wind up looking different and that's what we have the ability to do with the website because we don't have to tear everything out uh, completely to, to continue to add into it. And so just figuring out how does the flow really work? Are we optimizing for the user experience um, and for conversions and, and uh, so there, there is definitely that educational piece of the conversation that has to happen in the, in the sales process. Absolutely. But, so Trish, um, tell me a little bit, uh, just real quickly, do you guys work with other HubSpot partner agencies or marketing agencies? And are you willing to work with folks on the website design when they maybe have a inbound client or someone who needs a website refresh, but don't have the capabilities in house? Yeah, um, we, we definitely do. We have worked with, I would say, maybe 50 partners, um, you know, throughout the years with, um, you know, HubSpot partners. And, you know, I think we're the best fit for uh, agencies who um, kind of lean to us for our expertise instead of trying to, to guide the ship. Um, we've We've... We've had some some great relationships, and then we've had some not so great um, experiences. So, um, you know, we really try to have a upfront conversation about what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, from from our perspective, uh, we used to white label. We no longer do that. Um, it's just it's it's too difficult um, to do that. And so, if people are comfortable reviewing, revealing who we are. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely a good fit and, and we'll, you know, do the, the, you know, the, the design and, um, coding, uh, for the COS. But, uh, we've kind of shied away a little bit from taking other people's designs and, and trying to, to, to do the coding for them. Um, we were doing a lot of that in the very beginning and, um, you know, and you know, Gray, how it is when you're, when you're on, you know, you're, you're thinking about interactions and you're thinking about, you know, breakdowns and things like that. It's not necessarily just like, you know, what the website looks like. And so, you know, we, we've found that, um, you know, for us, it's, it's somebody who's going to lean 100% to our expertise and not really want, you know, wanting to be in the middle of that, that, you know, that process. So, um, we do, <laughs> but, um, we've changed a little. Yeah. Um, that makes yeah. sense. There are a lot of, uh, cause we were kind of in the same boat. We used to do some, not, not nearly as much as you guys have, but some just take a design from another agency and code it up for them. And it just does put you in some awkward situations where, uh, if you, especially if you are in the white labeling situation, your only option is kind of go to go back to the other agency that you're working with and say, Hey, you need to explain to the user that this is happening or else, or, you know, that we need to adjust this, make this change for the user experience or for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. if they're not willing to do that, uh, or I mean the, the other alternative is you just build something that, you know, going into it, uh, is not the best that you could do. And that's always, that's just a frustrating conflict of, uh, I guess for me personally, it's just an internal conflict and I just never like taking on, never like being in that situation. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. It just, it puts everybody in a, in a, 
just in an awkward place. And so we, we really have shied away from, from that, um, that aspect of it. So, right. Um, well, Trish, I really appreciate your time, uh, jumping on and sharing with us about your personal story, the media junction, uh, growth, evolution of the culture code, growth driven design. We've covered a lot of things here. If folks want to learn more or get in touch with you, what's the best place uh, for them to find you online? You know, it would definitely be um, Twitter. I love Twitter or LinkedIn. So um, they can connect with me at Trish underscore Lassard on Twitter and LinkedIn. They can just find me by searching for my name. Great. All right. Well, we will link that stuff up in the show notes. Trish, thanks so much for your time and for joining us today on Inbound Agency Journey. All right. Thank you, Gray. This episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Let's Game Plan, the premium training product designed to help marketing agencies build better inbound marketing strategies for their clients. If you want to learn how to sell, build, and deliver an amazing inbound strategy for your clients using a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash game plan. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash game plan. Now, back to the show. Great. That was an awesome conversation with Trish. I just loved how open and honest she was through that whole conversation. I mean, coming back after a battle with cancer, after going through the agency, transitioning to a different career, then fighting cancer, then coming back and just seeing kind of the shambles that the agency was in. What a story of a fighter. That was awesome. Yeah, you know what stuck out to me as I was kind of reflecting on my conversation with Trish afterwards was um, we heard Brene Brown talking inbound this year about vulnerability. And I was just thinking, like, Trish being willing to tell that story and share that story and be so open, that just makes people feel uh, – it makes people feel special that you're willing to share that with them. And so I really enjoyed the conversation that I had with her. Obviously, it builds trust. And knowing the why and what drives people behind the scenes, that's um, that's a really powerful part of the story. So it was just kind of an incredible story to hear the whole, I did not know all those all, all the backstory on Media Junction. And so it was great to learn kind of what went into it. And then also just their evolution and the way that they've grown since there. And when I think of the top, of the top in HubSpot COS web design, Media Junction is right up there there in that first small group of names um, that you think of. So it was awesome to learn about their story, obviously hear about how they started with HubSpot and got things going there. Yeah. Um, her struggle coming back to the agency and the condition that it was in and not getting paid uh, you know, as she initially came back and they were in debt as she comes back in. And then all of this kind of comes together and starts to culminate. And obviously, we're not at the end of the story yet, but with this culture code and the process that they went through there, the way that they've built the team. So it really was a special story and an honor to hear it from Trish. I think one thing that marks this whole season upcoming of Inbound Agency Journey is there are highs and there are lows that people go through when building a business. And what's cool to hear in all stories, but Trish's specifically, is you don't battle it alone. It was cool that when she came back, Kim was there, and it was Kim that kind of said, hey, let's let's double down. Let's go for this, and together let's battle through it. And now agency culture is such a big part of what they're doing at Media Junction. They've got this awesome culture code created out. I love the way that they've displayed it online and that anyone can go get it. I encourage you listening now, 
go check this thing out. It is a really, really cool resource. And Gray, how cool was it that it was Brian Halligan, CEO of HubSpot, who challenged Trish that she was the person holding the agency back and that she needed to get the culture defined if she was going to grow. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great insight. And obviously HubSpot has invested a lot uh, in their, you know, the whole culture code production and how popular that has become. And we're seeing this whole, um, the culture code thing is becoming a new, it's almost culture code is, is becoming a new buzzword. And that has upsides and downsides. I think that the downside is, there are going to be a bunch of people who are not really serious about it, but do it because that's the thing to do. Uh, but the upside is there's this whole realization that culture is really, really significant. And we're no longer living – we're living in an age of abundance. We're no longer living where where our only goal is to figure out how to survive on a day-to-day basis. And so what that does is take the emphasis off of survival and a lot – more mm-hmm. onto onto pleasure and what we enjoy and do we have a job that's filling and self-actualization. Um, and so we're starting to see finally businesses catching up with us. And Dimmer, I'm curious to know from your end. So I can give you, uh, I can read them again, but they've got, and if you guys uh, have not checked it out yet, as Andrew said, definitely go check out the culture code. But um, a couple of my favorite points from that culture code that I thought I would share real quickly. Do you have any before I jump in? I'm going to steal yours. Resourcefulness is an expectation. That was that totally described what we've gone through when we're searching for people. We've described it as kind of that entrepreneurial tick. Like we want people who are invested as entrepreneurs inside of the organization who can drive things forward. And hey, if you're not bringing new ideas to the table, you're not doing your job. So that point right there stuck out to me as like that hit a pain that I know you and I have had many, many long conversations about finding these types of people through the process. Yeah, exactly. And the other one on the to bookend this, so the very first one in their culture code, resourcefulness is an expectation is 10. The first one is respect is foundational. And when I was reading that, I just instantly brought me back to my days as a as a camp counselor at a sports camp through college. Um, and just like the fundamental ground rule that I would share with my campers was this comes down to respect. And so that means respect for others, respect for yourself, respect for the process, the system, the leadership that's here. Um, and I think that everything really – I guess at, at a root level in business, success isn't – that complicated or treating people well isn't that complicated and i think that respect is a great way of kind of summing up what what a lot of positive interactions revolve around amen so thinking about how can you define a culture and actually create something that is useful i love the quote that trish says how do we create a culture code that we're actually going to use so i think tapping into the Resources that Trish shared here, going back to the episode with Patrick Bittescombe and staying tuned for some of the additional episodes coming out this season, you guys are going to find a lot of great stuff around this topic of team building. And inevitably, after you bring on a team, a team is going to create a culture. Do you control or influence that culture? That is the question for you as an inbound agency owner. So thank you for your time today, tapping in, listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed the message that Trish had to share, reach out and say thank you. Her contact info is listed on the show notes here, and you can find that at doinbound.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. 
You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.